In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Join me, Dr. Karen Kambule, as we pursue the Word, the Lord Jesus, searching scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. Download and share with your friends and your family. Stay blessed. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Word Anchor Podcast. The title of this episode is Tell the Righteous. It is based on the scripture in the book of Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10, which reads as follows. Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. This is a message of hope. This is a promise from God. This is a word that was given to the prophet Isaiah to speak to the people of Israel that even though they were moving away from God, though they were serving idols, though they were doing the things that were not pleasing to God, but God had a message for those that were righteous before him. Isaiah as a prophet had a responsibility of talking to the people of God, telling them what the message of God is concerning them. And most of the time, the prophets of old had two messages basically, which would be repent. And if you don't repent, this is what God is going to do to you. And the rest of the other things would be what the word of the Lord God says, the law of God and um, the things, the positive things. But other than that, they came a lot into the picture where Israel was doing wrong things and they would come and rebuke Israel. They would come with a message that tells Israel to turn from all their evil ways and serve God. Now, in the midst of telling Israel about the evil that they were doing, God had a special message to those that were righteous. Even though in the midst of Israel were people that were doing wrong things, but God still knew that there were people that were right before him. Righteousness being just before God, being right before him, being blameless before him. And being righteous is not just about what you do or about your own works. Because you cannot be justified by your own works. We can try all we want. We will always come short. But then being right with God. If you look at scripture about the man that was called righteous. The man uh, to whom righteousness was imputed. Being Abraham. In the book of Romans chapter 4 verse 3. It says. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So it was at the instance of believing God that Abraham was deemed to be righteous. So it's not the right things that he did. It's not him living without sin. It's not that Abraham was the perfect man, but that Abraham believed God. He believed God when God said to him, I will make you a father of many nations. He believed God for many years, more than two decades of Abraham waiting for God to fulfill his promise. All these years, there were many options. Hagar and Ishmael were one of those options. But Abraham still held on to that hope that one day God will do the word that he had promised him. So it is in believing God that one stands righteous before him. When you believe God today, you believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and died for our sins and has gone to be in heaven with the Father and the Spirit of God is here with us. Believing that way that your sins have been forgiven, have been paid for, have been atoned for believing in Jesus. That is what makes us right before the Father. 
Because you see, when you believe in Jesus, when you believe in God, you will believe God when he says to you, this you shall not do. If you have believed God, if you believe that God is God, he is who he is, he is who he says he is. If you believe that God the Father has sent the Son Jesus for you and for me, for our sins, then when God says to you, this is sin, you will believe him. Because you first start by believing. You have to believe him first. When you believe that he is God, then whatever he tells you to do, you will do. Then you stand right before him. You stand righteous before him because when he tells you what not to do, when he tells you what you ought to do, you will obey because you believe in him. If you don't believe, for instance, that this person is a doctor, you will not bother going to that person. But if you go to the doctor because you believe that this doctor is qualified to check on your condition and perhaps even prescribe medication, you will go to that doctor believing and you will take the medication that he tells you to take. You will do the things that he tells you to do because you believe that he is qualified to tell you what to do concerning your medical condition. So when you go to God, the first thing that you must do is believe that he is God. Because you see, when God gives you an instruction and you don't believe him, you'll take it halfway and you'll say, this thing is not working and you'll go back. There are many people that have turned away from God simply because something wrong happened in their lives. Someone will say, I have tried this thing of um, salvation and it has not worked for me. Basically, they mean that I have asked God for this and he didn't give me. I went into this salvation because I thought perhaps my marriage will be saved. I went into this salvation thing because I was sick. I thought I'd be healed. I went into this salvation thing because I wanted my children to be okay. But then it still did not work out. Or perhaps the thing that I prayed for at first worked out. But then after, life became even more difficult. You see, children of God, God never promised us a perfect life. Never promised us a life that is without challenges. When he put men on this earth, everything was perfect until men sinned death came. So with death comes a whole lot of things because death is a process. However, life is in Christ Jesus. And when you believe him, you then receive everything that he tells you. When Jesus Christ said to the 10 men that had leprosy, go show yourself to the priest. They had to believe that in their going, they will be cleansed. Otherwise, then they would have stuck around with him. They would have tried to stay behind and say, Lord, we want you to touch us first. We want to be cleansed first before we go. Jesus Christ goes, show yourself to the priest. They went before they were cleansed. They went before they could see any physical manifestation of cleansing or of healing. But they went believing. Just like that man whose child was sick back home and he came and asked Jesus Christ to heal the child and Jesus Christ told him to go back, the child will be okay. And he left and went home. On his way, he met up with his servants who told him that the child was well back home. So he had to believe Jesus before he could see the manifestation of the words that Jesus Christ had spoken. Now, righteousness is obtained by believing in God. Abraham obtained righteousness by believing in God, believing the word of God. Because he believed, he could still go and take his only son. After having let Ishmael go at the insistence of Sarah and God saying, do as Sarah said. After having lost his own son, 
Ishmael and was left with one son, Isaac. Abraham believed God when God said, go, sacrifice this, your son. He still believed that God will raise him up. He still believed that he who gave him Isaac in the first place would still give him the very son that he spoke about through whom he was going to be a father of many nations. So it is the righteousness of God that we are able to get this promise that says it shall be well with us. It shall be well with you, um, child of God, even in the midst of this pandemic. It shall be well with you, even when you are attacked in your body. Because you see, this word is not saying it is well right now, but it is a message of hope for the future. It is a message that says, look at the situation with the eyes of hope. Do not give up on life. But look at the situation with the eyes of hope. Look at it in the eyes of God. God knows the future. God knows that this thing, this pandemic will end at some point in the future. So look at life in the, li- in the eyes of God. Look at things and situations that you're facing in the eyes of God. Remember the story of Job. God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job. There's no one like him. There's no one that is blameless and upright who shuns evil and does good. Now, Satan says to God, does Job serve you for nothing? In other words, you have hedged him. You you have given him everything that he wants, desires, and needs. So it is because of the material things that you have given him. It is because of the blessing that you have uh, poured upon his life that Job is serving you. Now, if you take these things away from him, he will stop serving you. He will curse you. He will stop believing in you. But God knew that Job will not waver in his faith in God simply because certain things are taken away from him. So Job was righteous because he stood right believing in God that whatever I have, I received it from God. And if God has given me these things, he is able to give me these things again. If I have everything that I have because of the hand of God over my life, if I lose all of the things that I have, then the same God that gave it to me, because he never changes, he will still give those things to me. Job righteous before God. He stood believing God, even when the situation was bad. Things are not well currently for a lot of people. People have lost their jobs. People have lost their businesses. People have lost their loved ones. But this is a word, a promise, a message of hope that says it shall be well with you. It shall be well with you. You stand right before God. And this righteousness says that you believe in God. So when you believe in God, whatever he says in his word, you'll believe him. If the word of God says It is him, the Lord, that will teach you how to make wealth. Because you are righteous and your righteousness is obtained by you by believing in Christ Jesus, by believing in God. So if you believe in God, you'll believe his word when he says he will teach you how to make wealth. So if you need wealth, you look to him who is supposed to teach you how to make wealth. And you'll go to him in faith and saying, Father, here I am. I believe your word. Your word says you'll teach me how to make wealth. Teach me, Lord. If the word of God says to you, if you are sick, this is the method of healing. Go to the elders, let them lay hands upon you and the prayer of faith will make you well. If you believe that way, just believing that way, you'll go to the elders believing that the word of God is true and it's going to happen. 
you'll go to the elders believing, not doubting. You will not look at the face of the person. You will not look at the personality and the character. You will look at the office that they occupy. You will say, Father, here is an elder in the church. And your word says, if I am sick, I must go to this elder. And it says that elder must pray for me. By the virtue or by the reason of their office, they will lay hands on me, pray for me, and the prayer of faith will make me well. So you go to God believing. The woman with the issue of blood went to Jesus believing that if I may touch the hem of his garment, it was not because this woman with the issue of blood was a perfect woman who was blameless without any sin. All she had was believing. All she had was faith in Jesus. Her faith was so much so that all she wanted was a piece of the garment that Jesus Christ wore on that day. What great faith. What great faith. We need that kind of faith. The kind of faith that does not even seek attention of people, but that one that will go behind the scenes and say, I'm going to grab this thing and it is mine. I believe God. It took believing Jesus. It took believing that whatever stories were being told about Jesus, they are actually true. Because of her situation and her condition, she was not going up and down in the villages meeting up with Jesus. She was not going up to the mountain where Jesus Christ was preaching or by the seashore where Jesus Christ was preaching. She could not go there. But she had to hear the stories being told that Jesus Christ healed the man with leprosy, that Jesus Christ healed the man born blind, that the lame are walking, the deaf are hearing, the mute are speaking, the demon possessed are being freed. She had to believe that word. And it is by virtue of, by reason of her believing that word, that she went for Jesus, took the garment, touched it, and she received her healing. That is the sure promise of God. Those that are righteous. And who are the righteous? It is those that believe in God. And those that believe in God will believe the word of God that he speaks. When he says, go get this, it belongs to you. The righteous believe first and they go and get it. Tell the righteous, it shall be well with them. If the righteous are hungry, there is a word that talks to the righteous. The righteous are never forsaken and their children will never beg for bread. David or the psalmist, David spoke these words because he had seen the righteous not being forsaken. He himself was not forsaken, not that he was perfect, but he believed God. David was a sinner like me and you, but he believed God. Because he believed God, he was able to get things done in the name of God. He was able to go to Goliath because he believed that God can give him victory. He said, I go in the name of the Lord, God of the armies of Israel. I go in the name. I come to you in the name and God will kill you. God will use me to kill you. You are going to die, Goliath. He believed in God, not in his own abilities. Just one stone, a small stone, just a small stone was used by a young boy to kill a giant. Because David believed also that the same God that gave him victory over the, the bear and the lion is the same God that will give him victory over Goliath. All that God requires from us is that we believe and the righteous will never be forsaken. You will not beg bread, child of God, if you stand righteous before the Father. Because righteousness is not about you just standing before the Father and saying, I believe. Because when you have believed, you'll begin to do the things 
that you believe. Because you're not just believing, oh, I believe in Jesus and that's it. Jesus comes as the word. So you believe in him first and he is the word. So there's more dimensions to Jesus than just him being the savior that died for us on the cross. He is the word. The word is spoken. The word is written. So when you say, I believe in you, Jesus, you need to start reading your Bible. What is this word saying to me? What is God's instruction to me? If I am righteous, then the word of God says I'm not forsaken. I may have lost my job, but I'm not forsaken. I may have lost my business, but I'm not forsaken. I may have lost my livelihood, but I'm not forsaken. And I will never beg for bread. You stand as the righteous of God. But then you go to the word and say, Father, how do I resolve this food issue? The woman, the widow woman who had a little oil in her cupboard went to the prophet and said, the people that my husband owed money, they want their money back and they want to take my sons. And the prophet of God said to her, what do you have in your house? She said, I have a little oil. And the prophet said, go home, borrow many vessels in the village, go to your house, close the door and pour. As much as you pour, God is multiplying. And God did multiply. But you see, she closed the door. Because other people would have told her, you are crazy. That oil is very little. But she had to believe. If she did not believe, she would have taken the vessels and looked at the oil and said, the prophet of God has lost his mind. But then she looked at the oil and took the faith that was within her, believing that the word that a prophet has spoken is true. And she started pouring that oil on the vessels. She did not put uh, the oil on a scale to weigh it, to see how it can relate to all the vessels that were in her house. God wants us to believe. We stand right before God by believing. There's so many scriptures that talks about the righteous of God. It says um, in Proverbs chapter 34 verse 19, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So tell the righteous it shall be well with them even when they are afflicted because it doesn't say the righteous will not be afflicted. But even if they are afflicted, tell them it shall be well with them. Why? Because the Lord delivers him, the one that is righteous, the Lord delivers him out of all, not some, but all the afflictions. You remember that David faced Goliath, he faced Saul, he faced Absalom. He ran to caves. He was denied food by Nabal. The priests of God were killed because of David. But David ended up in the throne. He reigned in the very throne that Saul didn't want him to ascend. David eventually reigned over Israel. The whole of Israel, not just Judah only, but the entire nation. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord delivers him, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So you may say, I am afflicted. I am afflicted with sickness. If you are the righteous of God, if you stand righteous before the Father, the Lord God has said in his word, the Lord delivers him. Trust that God will deliver you. It shall be well with you. You are afflicted. It shall be well with you. You are afflicted. The Lord will deliver you. You say, I am being attacked by my enemies. The Lord will not forsake you. The Lord is with you. He hears your prayers. The Lord will sustain you. You have a burden, so many challenges, so many problems. You don't know how you're going to make ends meet. It is a burden to you to even feed your own children. 
The word of the Lord God in Psalm chapter 55 verse 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So it shall be well with you. Why? Because the Lord will not permit the righteous to be moved. So if, if the righteous are moved, has the Lord permitted them to be moved? If God does not permit you to be moved, do not permit yourself to be moved. Sometimes when we are afflicted so much, we end up accepting the affliction. You hear somebody says, this thing is going to kill me. No, child of God, do not permit yourself to be moved. Do not permit the disease to move you. Refuse until the end. Do not permit it because God has not permitted it. Do not permit it yourself. It says he shall sustain you. It is a burden right now, yes, but then cast it out to the Lord. Lord, this thing is too heavy for me. Your marriage is in trouble. Cast that issue to the Lord. Lord, this marriage is too heavy for me. It is a burden to me. I am giving it to you. I will not be moved. Because when you give that burden to him, you remain in him. He carries that load for you. Life becomes easier. You are able to laugh and smile again. You are able to be happy again and joyous up until the whole situation is resolved. Sometimes we give up easily. Sometimes we get pushed and tossed by the wind. Sometimes the enemy presses harder that we forget that we have God that we can run to. The word of the Lord God says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. This is Proverbs 18 verse 10. So when there are things that are chasing you, there is a place that you need to run to. And that place is the name of the Lord, which is a strong tower. So you take the name of the Lord as a strong tower. You elevate yourself in the name of the Lord. You move from the bottom where you have been. You move from the ground to a higher ground where you are able to see your enemy coming from afar. There are some battles that you should have seen before they come. But because you keep on remaining on the ground, you are not able to see the enemy coming from afar. A strong tower is meant for people to go up to the top so that you can be able to see the enemy coming from far. If you are up there in the strong tower and you see the enemy coming from far, you are able to prepare even a ground forces. You can be able to throw missiles from the top and hit the enemy. The enemy will not be able to easily throw something to you when you are high up in that strong tower. So the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is supposed to elevate you as a child of God. The strong tower allows visibility. God wants us to know the enemy before it comes. In the book of Acts, we are told that Paul, before he went to Jerusalem, he already knew a prophet named Agabus spoke and said, the person whose belt I'm wearing, he fastened that belt upon himself. And he said, this is how the person who owns this belt is going to be bound in Jerusalem. So when he went to Jerusalem, his arrest was not a surprise. He already knew. And he already knew that he was going to go to Rome. He already knew that he was going to testify about Jesus in Rome. As children of God, as the righteous people of God, we have a strong tower, which is the name of the Lord. All we need to do is to stand up. All we need to do is to elevate ourselves in the name of the Lord. We use the name of the Lord to stand on a higher ground than our enemies. We are of a different kingdom. We are of a higher kingdom. We are of a kingdom of power, not just of eating and drinking. Therefore, we need to be elevated. 
to a point where you're able to see the enemy coming from afar. These are the things that is spoken about the righteous in the word of God. The Lord will sustain you. You will not be moved. The situation will come, yes, but you will not be moved. It says in Psalm 37 verse 16 to 17, A little that the righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. So even if you say, I have very little in my bank account, the word of God says that little that you have as a righteous person, that is good than the many riches of the wicked. Sometimes as children of God, we compare ourselves to the wicked. We say this one is very rich. You find even servants of God going to go and get charms and whatever that they can be able to attract money to their church so that they can be rich like that other one. So you see pastors using other wicked people as a standard. You cannot want to fly or you cannot want to have an aeroplane on the basis of another wicked person having an aeroplane. You must want to have an aeroplane because it is a means of transportation for yourself so that you can go and do what God has told you to do. It, it is meant to propel you for the kingdom mandate. It is not meant for you to compete with another man, even if it's a man of God. So you cannot sit there and say, I have to get rich so that I can be like this one and that one. He says in the word, that little that you have is better than the riches of many wicked. Many righteous people have gone and become wicked because they've been comparing themselves with the rich people that are wicked. You end up going to get things that are despicable before the Father. You go and sin before God simply because you want to be like the wicked person who is rich. The Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord will uphold you even with the little that you have. And when the light begins to shine, you'll get to know that the silver and the gold belongs to your Father. So you cannot be begging the, the wicked person to give you a little something, something. But you'll remember that the silver and the gold that is on this earth belongs to my father. The cattle on a thousand hills that is on this earth belongs to my father. The earth and its fullness thereof belongs to my father. When you are righteous, you believe God. When you are righteous, you believe the word of God. So when there is an issue that is troubling you as a righteous person of God, it is the word of God that should take you out of that situation. And it is simpler because... If you are righteous, you have believed God. And if you have believed God, when you search his word, you will believe it. Oh, child of God, take this word. It shall be well with you. Your children are giving you troubles. It shall be well with your children. Your job is troubling you. Your boss is troubling you. Your co-workers are troubling you. It shall be well with you. Your business has failed. It shall be well with you. God will teach you again how to make wealth. You have been fired from your job. It shall be well with you. God will open another door, a bigger door, a double door. God would say to you, open the curtains, open them wide. Do not limit yourself. If you are righteous, you'll believe him. Whatever God says to do, do it. Mary told the disciples, whatever he tells you to do, do it. If you believe what he says, if you believe in him, Jesus, you'll do what he tells you to do. And if you do that, you will prosper. It shall be well with you. Say to the righteous, it shall be well with you. It shall be well with your children. It shall be well with your husband. It shall be well with your wife. 
It shall be well with your parents. It shall be well with your siblings. It shall be well with your business. It shall be well with your job. It shall be well with your family. Tell the righteous, it shall be well with you. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Word Anchor Podcast. To get copies of my books, The Bride of Jesus, Dear Girl Child, Confessions of a Parent, Victorious Youth, and From the Pit to the Palace, go to Amazon.com. You can buy a hard copy or a Kindle edition. Remember to check out the show notes. Connect with me on social media platforms. Give feedback and continue to spread the word. Tune in for the next episode and make the word of God your anchor.